0: Hello, you're listening to Expertise. This is your host and sexpert, Erica Rivera. So it is now June 7th. We're about a week into Pride Month. So happy Pride, everyone. Um, on May 31st, I wanted to, you know, have a a guest on the show and possibly do an interview, but that did not come into fruition. I know I had discussed it in our last episode, possibly exploring that opportunity, but I think I'm going to wait a little bit on that and, you know, just focus on more education in the meantime, but it's definitely in the works to have, you know, a couple interviews here and there and see how that works out. You know, when I first started podcasting, it was originally intended just for education, you know, just get the word out there about sexual health, um, you know, and just bring awareness to that since it's not a topic that is, uh, easily spoken about and sexual health resources are, are not easily accessible. But I've had some people ask to be on the show, you know, some people that want to share um, their support for sexual health awareness. So just know that that's possibly going to be a thing, you know, down the road. Um, so yeah, I did want to take advantage of the fact that we had a fifth week in May and take advantage of that uh, fifth Tuesday of the month. But That's okay. You know, everything happens for a reason. Um, But, anyhow, moving along, you know, this week uh, definitely focused on the fact that this is the first week of Pride and it is Pride Month. Uh, A lot of people aren't aware of what Pride Month is all about. I think some people, you know, think they know what Pride Month is all about, but I'm here to talk about it a little bit more with everyone um so yeah let's let's get started so if you're not sure how pride month um came to be national pride month is a time when the lgbtq community gathers to celebrate their identities to remember their history and to bring awareness about the lgbt community so know, similarly, you know, African Americans have been struggling to achieve the same, you know, concept. So I think that this month is a time for each of us to listen, learn, and help improve the perceptions of society and encourage inclusiveness. You know, so not only are we celebrating who we are, but we're Trying to get to know people that we don't know and take the time to see others and the world around us from a perspective that most don't see. So really, we're trying to find, you know, trying to grow in this strength from our diversity. So that's really what what Pride Month is is about, you know, but there is history to that. Um, so... Our first Pride, I guess you could say. So uh, let's go with the background. So a little uh, background on the history of Pride. Um, June 28th, 1969, the uh, police raided the Stonewall Inn, which is a gay club in Greenwich Village, New York, which resulted in bar patrons, staff, and neighborhood residents rioting onto Christopher Street outside. Now, one of the leaders of the riots was a black, trans, bisexual woman named Marsha P. Johnson. The riots lasted six days, and the message was clear. Protesters wanted places they could frequent where they could be open about their sexual orientation without fear of arrest. So, that is basically... You know, that's the history of Pride Month and why we we celebrate Pride Month in June. And in 1999, Bill Clinton was the first U.S. president to officially recognize Pride Month for what it was. From 2009 to 2016, Barack Obama declared June LGBT Pride Month. And in May 2019, President Donald Trump... um, well, at the time, Donald Trump recognized Pride Month with a tweet announcing his administration had launched a global campaign to decriminalize homosexuality. So, you know, that's a little bit on like the background and the history of Pride Month in case you didn't know. You know, I think a lot of people just associate June with the LGBT community, but they don't actually understand the history and... and you know, how these riots basically started, you know, this whole movement and, um, you know, and how our government has even been involved. So I think there's a lot of ways that we can be supportive, whether we are or we aren't part of the Pride, um, part of the LGBT community. And one thing I will say is that words matter. And I think learning the right ones and using them appropriately can you know, can definitely make an impact. So, you know, when most people hear the term LGBTQ, for instance, the definitions are, are countless. So today I've chosen to focus on some of the terminology uh, during this particular podcast so that people can educate themselves on, on what the terms are, what they mean, and, you know, maybe it'll give everyone an idea of how to use them um correctly so you know if you're you know by not using the appropriate or the correct words you inadvertently can invalidate and dehumanize another individual you know so many assumptions are embedded in the language so words as well as actions they they mean something so definitely you know definitely listening and learning is so important if we want to see a more united and accepting country Um, so let's, let's get started on, on some of the words that I, I curated, uh, for today. So we have first sexual orientation. So sexual orientation is how a person characterizes their sexuality. So I would highly advise against using the term sexual preference, because that infers a choice so you want to make sure that you're using the term sexual orientation when you're talking about how a person characterizes their sexuality so then we have gay the word gay is a sexual orientation that describes a person who is emotionally or sexually attracted to a person of the same sex but it's most commonly used to describe men Then we have lesbian so lesbian is basically that counterpart of gay where it's a woman who is emotionally or sexually attracted to a person of the same sex so those are the most common you know we have gay and lesbian and then we're going to go a little bit through the acronym we also have bisexual which is a person who is emotionally or sexually attracted to more than one sex or gender So some people argue that this can be interchangeable with pansexual and vice versa. And then some people argue that it's not. Now I'm gonna give you a definition for each. So again, bisexual is a person who's emotionally or sexually attracted to more than one sex or gender. Pansexual, on the other hand, is a person that can be attracted to all different kinds of people Regardless of their biological sex or gender identity, which those terms in themselves we will go over a little bit later. But again, so bisexual and pansexual have different meanings. Some people argue they can be used interchangeably, and some people argue that they cannot. Um, so we'll just we'll just leave it at that. Um, Bisexual, attracted to more than one sex or gender, even you know. But the prefix "bi," you know, technically means two. However, you know, I feel like that word has evolved over time. And then pan, that prefix meaning all, uh, like like I said, is a person who can be attracted to all different kinds of people, regardless of their biological sex or gender identity. So the pansexual community has this saying called hearts not parts so just to give you a little fun quip that's a little you know just a little saying that they that is is common in the community then we have asexual so asexual is a person who experiences no sexual attraction to other people that's no sexual attraction to other people And now we're going to get into some of the terms that are not a, um, sexual orientation. So we have gender identity, gender identity is someone's concept of self as male, female, or neither a person's gender identity may not align with their sex at birth. Okay, so it's someone's concept of self as male, female or neither. So, you know, we have a lot of um, we have some people that, you know, their gender identity may not align with their sex at birth. So that's called a gender gender identity. Gender expression, which is different than gender identity, Gender expression is how we express our gender identity, so how we do or do not conform to the socially defined behaviors of masculine or feminine. So, for example, I may be someone whose um, gender gender identity is female, but my gender expression may be more so on the, you know, masculine realm. You know what I mean? So it's so funny. I say, you know what I mean, as if I'm having a conversation and and you can respond right here right now, (laughs) but, um, but yeah, so gender identity is someone's actual concept of self while gender expression is how they express that identity. So, you know, how someone expresses their behavior as masculine or feminine may not, you know, may not be may not conform to this to the social norm Um, and then we also have transgender so transgender is a person whose gender identity differs from the sex they were assigned at birth transgender is not a sexual orientation or behavior it is a gender identity I feel like I could have an entire class just on terminology, like as I'm going through these terms that I curated and their definitions and, you know, I'm thinking about how you guys are, you know, listening to this right now on your favorite platform, whether that's Spotify or, you know, Google podcasts and, you know, I, you know, I'm kind of thinking like, oh man, am I, am I going a little too quickly? You know, um, it is a lot to absorb. You know definitely you know if this is something you care about if you care about the fact that words do matter and learning them and using them appropriately you know is important um definitely take a notebook out and you know and write these down and just replay this episode if you need you know if you need to go over it but you know as i'm going through each term i'm kind of building these blocks you know, one on top of the other. So, you know, we went through a couple sexual orientations, like basically what sexual orientation is, then some of the terms that are considered a sexual orientation. And then I'm going over gender identity and gender expression. And then some of the terms that fall under a gender identity, you know, just so that, you know, the difference, because I feel like, you know, are the acronym LGBTQ+, plus and the terminology used within the LGBT community is, is forever evolving. So, you know, I'm trying to give you some of the common ones. Now, you know, let's move on with some of these other gender identities. But again, transgender, a person whose gender identity differs from the sex they were assigned at birth, you know, it's important that people know that it's not a sexual orientation or behavior. And I feel like that's a misconception. I feel like there are people out there that believe it's a sexual orientation and they you know, they label someone as trans as if, you know, it's a quote unquote, sexual preference, which I mentioned earlier is, is not a term that, you know, should be used, but you know, what it is, is a gender identity. So. We also have cisgender. So cisgender is a person whose gender identity does align with the sex they were assigned at birth. So trans means that it differs from the sex they were assigned at birth, while cisgender means that it does align with the sex they were assigned at birth. So, you know, my gender identity is female and I was also assigned you know, I was also my, my sex at birth was, you know, female as well. So I would be considered cisgender. Now we also have the word binary and non-binary. So binary is the concept of dividing sex or gender into two categories. Sex is male or female gender is masculine or feminine. So it's just the concept of dividing sex or gender into those two categories. While non-binary means not identifying as either male or female. So if you are someone who doesn't identify as either one, you may call yourself non binary. Then we have the word trans on its own. So the word trans is an is an umbrella term for various kinds of gender identities in the trans community. And I have two more terms because you know obviously I don't have time to go over all the terms. But we have the term coming out, which is the complicated I kind of, I do like this definition, it is the complicated, ongoing process by which one discovers and accepts one's own sexual and gender identity. I'm pretty sure there's some people out there that could agree that their coming out process, their coming out story, you know, their coming out journey has been complicated and ongoing I mean it's it it is you know and for some people it takes time to accept one's own sexual and gender identity especially if you grow up thinking that it's not the norm you know unfortunately society has this uh concept that being heterosexual is the default you know when when it shouldn't be seen that way and then our next and final term last but not least is the word closeted so someone who is closeted is an lgbtq person who will not or cannot disclose their sex sexual orientation or gender identity to the wider world okay so Those are just some of the terms that I thought were common and just helpful to go over. You know, hopefully I brought some clarity to some of the audiences listening right now. You know, obviously no dictionary will contain the extensive terms that are used today within the LGBTQ community. But, you know, if you hear a word you know, and perhaps it's a word that I didn't even mention tonight, but if you hear a word and you don't recognize it, it is okay to ask what it means. You know, acceptance begins with listening, learning, and understanding. Doing nothing at all, that is part of the problem. So... You know, and if you are someone who is still figuring out your sexual orientation, there's no rush whatsoever to label yourself. I mean, you may choose not to ever have a label and that's okay. You know, figuring out your your orientation can be confusing and so it's perfectly normal to take your time you know, exploring how you feel, examining your thoughts and your behaviors and reflecting on past relationships and how they made you feel, you know, all of it, it's, everyone's process is different for some, you know, figure it out right away. And for others, it it takes time. And it's okay to view your sexuality um, or your identity as fluid. You know, it's okay to, you know, it's okay to be fluid and to evolve. So, you know, celebrate your sexual identities, part of who you are. Be proud of yourself. Give yourself permission to be the person you want to be and that you are. You know, that's what Pride Month is all about. So, and for some of you who are, you know, I did go over most of the terms but I didn't go over Q. So with the acronym LGBTQ, that's going to be the acronym for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer. Sometimes you may see a plus sign following the acronym, which represents other sexual identities, including pansexual, asexual, which those are terms that I mentioned, you know, a little bit earlier, uh, as well as omnisexual, you know, and that that plus sign can also mean questioning, you know, which are people who are still figuring out their sexual orientation or gender identity, as I mentioned earlier. You know, for some people, it just takes a little bit more time. But, you know, the whole point of all that was just, you know, I want people to understand the history, you know, what actually happened. Um, I gave you a quick quick synopsis of that, that happened, um, you know, at Stonewall. Um, really short synopsis on some of the presidents, you know, who also recognized June as pride month, you know, and then going over that terminology because words do matter. So, you know, I'm going to switch gears, you know, just a little bit right now. Um, we went over the terminology, but I also, you know, for any, um, you know, obviously I'm a sexual health educator. So another thing that I want to add in here is how to, you know, if you are part of the LGBTQ community, how to secure your, your sexual health during, during Pride Month. You know, so like I said earlier, Pride Month is, you know, June was designated um, as Pride Month to create and support a positive stance against the discrimination that still exists today towards the entire lgbtq community and you know w- one thing that we don't really talk about as much or where i feel like maybe sometimes we fall short is that you know we don't necessarily provide equal and inclusive healthcare for this community you know so I wanted to go over a couple statistics and, um, you know, like I said, a couple things to secure your sexual health, but you know, if you didn't know, 29% of trans people have said that healthcare, um, that their healthcare provider refused them because of their gender identity. So 29% of trans people experience this type of refusal. Now lesbians and bisexual women are 10 times less likely to receive cervical cancer screenings. 10 times. And then 26% low to middle-class LGBTQ individuals are uninsured. So those are a couple couple red flags there that kind of st- stood out to me, um, especially the fact that 10, you know, that lesbian and bisexual women aren't receiving cervical cancer screenings. Um, I just, you know, I just say, you know, definitely know your rights, you know, stigmas and bias should never limit your access to quality healthcare. But some, some other things that I'm going to put out there before I end, you know, today's episode is, you know, some of the tips to secure your sexual health, definitely protect yourself. So remember before any sexual activity, definitely you need to be properly protected. So whether that's ensuring that both you and your partner have been tested or you know using some form of protection to prevent STIs, that should definitely be the first priority. And don't be afraid to say that you don't feel comfortable participating. If you're unsure of your partner's status And sexual health. You know, you definitely gotta put yourself first. The second tip that I'm gonna give you is communicate with your partner. You know, one of the best ways to ensure that you and your partner are comfortable and enjoying your experience together is definitely communicating with one another. So discussing potentially uncomfortable topics like boundaries or lack of sex drive, you know, it's not uncommon or abnormal for women to experience low libido or variations in their sex drive. So don't be afraid to tell your partner what you like, what feels good, or even that you're not in the mood, you know, just be consistently communicating with your partner to ensure that you're both comfortable. Now, if you're someone who finds, you know, if you're someone who frequently finds that they're having trouble becoming aroused, um, you can you know, definitely consult with your doctor or, you know, if you're having sustained stimulation during sex, um, that's another reason to consult with your doctor. And there are certain prescriptions that can increase your libido. But again, I've mentioned in past episodes how sometimes certain medications can also affect your sex drive. So it's definitely trial and error, but communicating with your partner, communicating with your healthcare provider, is very important so last two tips uh, definitely limit the amount of alcohol you drink so although the stereotype is that many sexual experiences occur as a result of drinking that doesn't mean it's beneficial for your sex life consuming large quantities of alcohol can definitely affect your sexual performance you know in part especially in particular your stamina and libido so if you want sex and intimacy to be positive and pleasurable, it's so important to know your limits. So definitely be a responsible drinker and limit your intake whenever you're partaking on a night out. And last but not least, definitely be comfortable in your own skin. I mentioned this earlier when I was going over terminology and what Pride Month is all about, you know, in order to be intimate with another person, you need to love yourself first. And in a nutshell, what that means is feeling confident just the way you are. You know, sex can be a a vulnerable experience for you. So feeling safe and comfortable with your partner is key to having that enjoyable experience together. You know, don't be afraid to spice things up, whether that's with like new lingerie or, you know, trying something new together with a sex toy or two. You know, the best thing you can do is be yourself and if this isn't enough for your significant other then it's maybe it's not the right match for you you know never stop being who you are conform to what you know society deems to be the norm and um yeah so those are those are my tips to secure your sexual health this pride month i just thought it would be really helpful to have that conversation with some of my lgbt listeners but um, yeah, I, th- I say that that's, uh, that's good and we can continue that conversation again in two weeks. And if you want to vote on the next topic, if you want to support this podcast, if you enjoy listening in and um, learning about sex health, definitely consider becoming a patron on my Patreon. And that's patreon.com slash the Erica Rivera. You can also find me on all social media outlets, and that's at the Erica Rivera as well. Always a pleasure talking to everyone and I'm looking forward to the next happy Pride Month and I will talk to you guys in a couple weeks.